Grace and peace, God bless you. This is uh, Soteria Prophetic Ministries, and I am your host, Delisa Fields, and I am glad to be back with you um, today. <laughs> um, today's topic is about parenting. Um, it may not be a deeply spiritual one like some may be hoping for, but um, as a parent and as an educator um, and as a pastor, um, I, I feel like um I just feel like the Lord is, is talking about how we um, entreat our younger ones. So I'm going to open up in um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. And let me just say this, um, you know, whether you are actively parenting or not, I think that there's something to be said uh, that uh, could possibly be a blessing to you. Because um, whether you're a parent or not, you've been parented. And, um, you know, as a therapist in training, as a behaviorist, um, you know, which is a part of my job, um, you, you know, you, you would be amazed and maybe not, but you'd be amazed at how, um, influential our parents roles are in our life, even as grown folks, um, things that we have encountered in our childhood that are affecting the way that we interact, the way that we engage um, people um, on our job, in our community, even in our homes. Um, you'd be amazed at how many marriages have been destroyed because of lack of parenting or bad parenting. Um, you know, you would just be amazed. Um, and, and this is such a broad topic, so I dare not attempt to try to, you know, uh, you know, approach every issue in every area of it, but I just want to hit on some things that um, were in my spirit this morning as I was praying for my children. Um, before I open up in scripture, let me just let me just set a disclaimer. Um, my husband and I have five children, and um, I, my first child was born a year after we were married. Um, so they are all covenant children. Um, in that, uh, they're also born with, in, in a, in a, of a priesthood, you know. There's a hold on. Let me put this. Um, there's also a um. Sorry, let me just just turned off. There's also a um priestly mantle on um on my family line, and that's on both sides, my mother and my father's side. There's a priestly um uh calling, you know, and I'll let that be that. Uh, so, you know, and you would think, oh, well, they've been born. In a family with, you know, both parents are saved and both sides of the family, you know, you know, have ministers and, you know, have callings and so forth. And and so they must have, you know, no issues. They they must just be, you know, it's just, you know, phenomenal people. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to say that they're not. But my disclaimer is that um, there is still a responsibility to parent. Um, whether you raise your children in the church or not, um, there is still that responsibility to be a good parent. But I wanted to say that even to the degree that your child may have a calling on their life, or in my case, all of my children are called, um, that tends to make parenting a little more um, challenging, okay? Because, and just searching through scripture, whenever there was a, a child, the Bible would call, you know, uh, you know, them a goodly child or, you know, there would just be some distinguishing, uh, characteristics that would set that child apart. Not that they're better, but just it's different, uh, you know, based upon what they're called to do. And, and so you would see that God would give that parent instructions 
or you would see how God would deal with that parent, um, you know, as it relates to that child. So uh, this is what I'm saying. It's a very broad topic. So I'm certainly not trying to just, you know, approach everything, but I d- definitely, definitely want to give you um, some things to think about. Um, if you are actively parenting or if you are grandparenting, listen, even if you're spiritual parenting, right? Um, I feel like there are some things here that we can, we can, we can glean from. Um, but if none of those apply to you, you've been parented. And so you may want to look at how that has affected your life, how that has affected your interactions, how it has affected the way that you engage others. Um, so I wanted to just put that out there, but let me just say that there's no such thing as a perfect parent, um, except our Heavenly Father. Okay, He's the perfect parent. Um, it doesn't matter how much you love your children. It doesn't matter how awesome they are. It doesn't matter how gifted and called they are. They're still children. <laughs> They're still people whose brains are growing and developing, and they will make mistakes. And so the task for us as parents is to allow for them to make mistakes and not kill them in the process. And granted, some of those mistakes may be heavy. You know, they may they may cause you nights of sleep. They may cause you money. You know what I'm saying? They may cost you, um, you know, it may be expensive. Some of your child's mistakes may be very expensive, you know, to a greater or lesser degree. But it does not... Um, it, it does not void us of the responsibility to yet raise them. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of put that out there um, that I am. And, and let me also say I'm not a perfect parent. I still make mistakes. And, and when I do, um, I'm, I'm confident enough in who I am as a believer, number one, but as uh, as their mother, you know, to say, hey, son, I'm sorry or daughter, I'm sorry, because we assume things. And, and, you know, and we make mistakes, we err in judgment. Um, so I think it's, it's also essential, you know, as we teach our children when they're young, oh, well, you know, apologize to so-and-so, say you're sorry. And then, you know, we expect that from them, but can we do that? Can we acknowledge when we've come short? Can we acknowledge when we've made a mistake? So I think it's very important that we, you know, we, you know, we expect a thing from them, but you know, they should also be able to be able to expect some things from us. So I hope I've made it put enough <laughs> disclaimers out there. Number one, there's no perfect parent, but God, number two, I am not a perfect parent. Okay. Number three, there are no perfect children. Number four, even if your children have a calling and you're, you come from a family line, uh, um, there's a word I'm trying to use and it's not coming, but if, if you know, there's a priestly, uh, 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 anointing on your bloodline. Okay. Where you have many, many, um, members of your family who are serving, actively serving. And, and so there's just kind of that ironic kind of priesthood call, right? Where, you know, my dad was in ministry. My mom is in ministry. My sister is in, you know, so you kind of have that whole family is just, has a strong cause. So when I say priestly or priesthood, that's what I'm talking about. There's kind of that ironic, um, ironic rather, um, priestly line of callings. All right. Um, so that's a whole nother topic. But anyway, I just want to again state there's no perfect nobody. Jesus did it, you know, <laughs> and that's that. So let me give you, um, where I'm coming from today, Colossians 3. 21 and I'm going to read it out of the message Bible um, because it sort of gives us a different um, spin on it from what the King James says, but I'm going to end in the King James, but three Colossians 321 in the message Bible says parents don't come to don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush their spirits. Now there's a scripture in Proverbs that talks about, um, you know, a man with a crushed spirit um, and what that means. And I've, I've, actually um, taught on this a while back 
um, and it actually was a parenting uh, message too, but I talked about how when you are dealing with a child, and, and again, you can apply this all over the spectrum and, or even look at how you've been dealt with. But when you are disciplining a child, when you are correcting a child, when you are rebuking a child, what have you, you know, make sure that it's coming from a healthy place. Because if not, um, you know, some of your chastisement can be, how do I want to say this? Some of the methods of the way you chastise can be rooted in your own stuff your own baggage your own crazy is my own my word you know some of the ways it, it, it just coming down hard you know for example little johnny and i use this class all the time little johnny came home from school and left this book bag typical you know it's going to happen with children um and instead of saying well johnny why didn't you bring your book bag i told you to hold on to your book bag you play too much you're not paying attention blah 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 blah. so that's kind of a healthy that's an example of a healthy chastisement right you you sort of chiding little johnny because you know you 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 did not follow instructions you're being careless you're not paying attention and this is the result of it Right. And so the the punishment may be, um, you know, no TV for you tonight or you take the iPhone or whatever. Um, and, and, and so that kind of fits, you know, again, that's just an example. But then when it becomes unhealthy is where you have something to wear. Um, you know, Johnny, you know what? I can't believe you. You're just like your uncle. So and so you always you know, you're always forgetful. You never do what I tell you to do. You just you get on my nerves. I wish you know, what I'm saying and it just kind of goes someplace that, you know, Technically, it was just a book bag, you know. Now, maybe if it had some money or something, it may be a different conversation. But you, you see what I'm saying? It's just coming down hard and to the point to where you're no longer dealing with the, the, the case of the missing book bag. <laughs> you're dealing with your own disappointment, your own inadequacies. You may be dealing with the fact that little Johnny's father or mother may not be around. You're dealing with the fact that little Johnny interrupted your college plans or little Johnny interrupted your career plan. You, you see what I'm saying? It, it takes a different spin. And so a lot of times it's, it's very helpful that when you are, um, you know, correcting what have you, that you just think about what you're saying. You know, it has been my practice that, you know, and, and listen, let me tell you something. When you have five children, <laughs> you just better believe something is going to pop off. You know, you're going to you're going to have you're going to have a moment. OK, let me just put that out. You're going to have a moment <laughs> and um, you, and you just never know what that looks like. Rather, there's something that they've done, something that they haven't done or something that they've done to one another. It, it just, it, it, you know, even as they're, and <laughs> they're all young adults and the beat goes <laughs> The beat goes on, you know, um, but there's a way even when I'm upset, um, and I, you know, I will say to my, my children, I'll, I'll say, let's talk about this later. And, 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 you know, that lets them know, number one, when I say that, they know the mom is really, you know, mom is mad, <laughs> you know, because they know that I listen, they, they trust. Um, let's see. They trust my ability to control my emotions. And you know what works is that when I do say, okay, I'll text him and say, okay, it's, let's talk. Let's meet downstairs or let's go somewhere or, you know, come over, let's talk or what have you. Um, you know, when that time that called the come to Jesus meeting, when that time comes, um, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's awkward, right? Because you're having to address something that you really don't want to. But, you know, I, I found that my children have been more receptive 
to what I have to say. Now, well, and sometimes we still walk away disagreeing, right? You know, but we've had an opportunity to sit down and talk about it. And I will address it. I said, well, you know, I really didn't like the way you did this, or you know you were wrong for that, or this is what we expect from you, or, or you know, whatever. But I don't start out with, I can't believe how stupid you were. You know, you, you know better than that. You, you, I've, it's been my practice to not do that. It's been my practice to deal with the issue at a time when I can think, Certainly at the time I've had time to pray, you know, but it has never been my practice to just come down and just totally destroy them. Because at the end of the day, if I listen, if your child can't be safe, if their if their emotions can't be safe, if their spirit can't be safe, if their um, mentality can't be safe at home, then where do they find safety? So if if they can't trust mom or dad to deal with them in a way that's healthy and the Bible talks about that, you know, you know, chastise your child and, you know, don't spare the rod, you know, whatever your rod looks like. Right. Um, You know, the Bible talks about how we should not avoid the responsibility of correction. But then there's also a way to do it to where you don't break your child's spirit. Uh, this, again, it's so, gosh, so many examples I can give you. One in particular, um, was Jesus when he was 12 and he wandered away from his parents. And, um, now Mary, Joseph may not have known, but Mary certainly knew what, uh, you know, what Jesus's destiny looked like, you know, at least to what she was able to comprehend. So she knew what Jesus's destiny looked like. And I think it's important as parents that you know what your child's destiny looked like. So that when you when you are engaging them or when you are investing in them, when you are supporting them, when you are correcting them, you keep that in mind. If you know that God has revealed to you that your son has a calling in um, health care or your daughter has a calling in education or, you know, your son has a calling in ministry or whatever, because let me tell you something, every calling is just not, you know, uh, um confined to pulpit. I know people think that you got a calling on your life and you automatically think of yourself on a platform in front of millions of people with a microphone and please (laughs) give God more credit than, you know, having that to be the only platform that he can give you. Uh, Let me tell you something. I'm I'm blessed right now to have many, many awesome networks, um, you know, network connections that most of them are not ministry related, but I'm still, I'm, I'm still, privileged to do the work of ministry okay i just don't need the microphone i don't need the bible in my hand because it's in my heart and it's in my dna it's in the fabric of who i am so you know i don't want you to think that just because someone has a calling that that automatically means it's a pulpit calling that's god is greater than that okay so when you're noticing that your child has a calling um, in their life, you know, God expects us to invest in that. And so, you know, picking up with Mary when she saw Jesus and Jesus had wandered away because his calling had been triggered, right? He had been activated. And so he went to sit with the scribe, uh, with the doctors and, um, the rabbis and was just polling them, just, you know, having conversation because he's, he's, he's activated. And so now he's looking for that place to where, you know, he's looking for that place. And and so Mary found him and she said, what are you doing here? And so on, so on, so And And that was it. And, she, you know, captured him and took him back home, you know. So even when you find a child that has a calling on their life and you find them outside of your will, you know, doing things that, you know, they shouldn't do. There is a way to address that 
so that you don't kill their spirit in the process. I told you that I wanted to give you King James Version. Um, Colossians 3.21 in the King James says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And so I'm going to close with this point that parents, father, mother, you know, you hold such a such an authoritative place in your child's life that the words you say, the way you treat them or the lack thereof has a profound impact on their mental health. And yeah, I'm saying it. I'm an advocate for mental health, especially children's mental health. That's my that's my career field. You know, your 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 conduct toward them, your behavior toward them, your responses to them, the way you treat them has a profound effect on your child's be uh, uh mental health and let me say this it doesn't stop when they get 18 and walk across the stage with their college um high school degree don't think that you and, and i've said this even in the classroom you know because we have parents who say oh i'm glad summer's out and kids are back in school and I, they listen i get it i said the same thing when my kids were growing up but as an educator you look at that and you know you understand where they're coming from but you know what that also means is that you don't really understand your role as a parent you know it's just because summer has ended doesn't mean that you no longer have responsibility responsibility. You know, teachers only have your child six hours a day. You've got them all of their life. And so if you've you know been a bad parent for 13 years, you know, you can't expect that teacher to just miraculously turn all of that around in six hours or less. You know, so there's just a lot to be considered. And I'm about to close um, because, as I stated, I just kind of want to give you some things to think about, maybe some things to pray about. And for those of you that are. Um, parents, you know, just to see yourself in the scripture, see yourself where, you know, where you may be. Um, if you have been, you know, parented and, and you see some things that may be affecting, like the Bible says, lest your children be discouraged. You see some areas in your life and your mental health that have been negatively impacted by the way your parents have been treated you. Then these are areas you want to take to God in prayer. You know, asking God to heal those wounded areas, asking God to heal those traumatic areas in your life. Amen. So we pray that we've said something to, um, you know, just to get you to think, right? To get you to think. Um, maybe some prayer points here that we've shared. Um, also to maybe help you, um, you know, reconsider some things that, you know, could use some fine tuning of, you know, which we all can. Um, so I pray that we've said something to, um, you know, to encourage you, to inspire you, um, to be a better parent, um, and, and to also look at some areas in your life that may have been negatively impacted by parenting. So God bless you. Until next time, grace and peace.